I think I think the jazz music works, and like we don't I love hear the it jazz now, music. But like I did that in the trailer for the show because I just wanted to be cool and like edgy and like we're not your regular podcast while being exactly like every other goddamn podcast out there. We're two we're two men in our mid thirties, two white guys in our mid thirties who have long hair and opinions about anime. If we didn't have a podcast, there would be something wrong. And then you throw Rob into the mix, who's just like, there is... Also 30, also long hair, also opinions about anime, just not the first part. Yeah. And to be clear, just in case anybody was wondering, just like last week, his ultimate Frisbee team would dominate. Yes. Yes. Speaking of... Joining us to help say more words, yeah, or less words, depending on what words he chooses to say. <clears throat> Ultimate frisbee, near champion. He's a warrior, though. He's still coming out there to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to myself and Matt. Hi. We're also here with Cole Gardella, Earth six one three alternate universe paradox, Corey Hammond. Cole, how's it going, guys? How's uh, how's life in the midst of the college experience? Uh, just finished up midterms week. I had three midterms and essay all due within like six days of each other. Um, I'm hoping I did well. I usually think I did pretty bad, and then I get the grades back, and I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. So, so midterms, midterms. There's two schools of thought, right, Cole? There's yeah. the all right, I did the right thing all semester. I'm a, a legitimate human being. I listened to my professors during lectures, and I, I think I'm prepared. Or or did you just cram all of that shit, and then in three weeks you're going to forget everything just to make sure you got the, the midterms taken care of? What's, what's the Cole Gardella path to success in college? Succeeding on your midterms, like – Really, like college, in my opinion, doesn't you don't learn in the sense that you like you you pick up a ton of knowledge. Like I don't remember every single thing I've ever learned in all the classes I've taken. It's college is a great way to learn what you have to know, and it's a good way to manage time or learn to manage time. But in terms of my midterms process, I'm pretty much kind of just cramming because I think if I do it too spread out and just think I know everything the whole semester. I go in with too much confidence. Um, So I feel like me giving myself that time crunch makes me work way harder on the studying than as if I studied, you know, an ample amount of time throughout the first half of the semester. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the learned Cole Gardella just turned 21. So, you know, he's coming from an experience standpoint. But also the recency, he's actually literally been to college since, I don't know, um, you know, major world events happened. Matt, what was the last time you were in college on a campus? Well, I live farting around. I, well, I live near a campus, so I end up walking around. Um, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> but it's just just as a pass through. But yeah, nothing better than college kids on a Saturday night at around, I don't know, 4 a.m. on Sunday. Uh. <laughs> No, no. Last, uh, the other, I had that get away from my fucking yard, you youths moment the other night. I, I live on the ground floor of my building, so I hear everything from the street. 
And it sounded like I was at a fucking club. I was trying to sleep. It was like midnight, maybe, maybe a little earlier. And I'm laying in bed and I'm listening to like a clip from the Letterman show because I've been on a huge Dave Letterman kick lately. Beard um, or no beard, Letterman? Uh, it all a lot of NBC show, a lot of okay. So so sh- clean shaven. Yeah, hey, bad hair. Bad. If you could, see, if you could see the video version of this pod, then you'd understand <laughs> maybe another influence. So bad hair, clean shaven. Got it. Go. Yeah, and I'm just like, I am hearing full blown conversations. It sounds like I'm at a club or someone is playing a sketch from a late '90s, early 2000s rap album. Like, it's the nice. opening to, uh, fucking, she wants some Marvin Gaye, some Luther Vandross. Kanye's College Dropout? Yeah, that, that, but that specific song. Um, god damn it. Uh, well, 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 well. I'm trying yeah, to remember. I sing the, the whole thing. I have no idea what it's sm- called. Slow Jams. That, I was trying there to remember the name Slow of this jams. fucking yeah, yeah. title. Um, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just like, okay. I'm going to be that asshole. I pull up my phone and I go into YouTube and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, what's the one thing I can play full blast that will be, you know, be something that I can play that will get these people away from my fucking window and I'm not that big of an asshole. Like, I'm not going to play. So you you took the the non- Karen path, which yes. is I'm going to cry and be a baby about it and have somebody else handle it for me. No, no, no. Matt Ryan is no Karen. No. So you go and you play what to get them off I'll, your I'll play it uh, here. proverbial lawn, Matt? Hold on. Uh, Rakins. I'm so scared of Rakins. That's Neff. <laughs> I'm just saying a raccoon. <laughs> and I'm just—it's a song by DJ Assault, who's a, a DJ from the '90s, based out of Detroit. Um, and he's like one of the first meme rappers because he's got that. He's got we've pulled out. Um, ass and titties. If you know the song from the internet, ass and titties. That was a DJ Assault. Ooh. Um. And then I started playing it, and then it got quiet, and I was like, good, good. DJ Assault showed up and did what he needed to do. I'm also worried that was a disassociative episode where I just kind of made all that up in my head. So that's been fun to deal with this week. Just this. Well, well, Matt, we are getting to spooky season, and the supernatural, that kind of almost reminds me, you know, uh, having as many kids as I do, having very little opportunity to, let's say, just enjoy being an adult, um, because uh, like outside of the house, because I'm tethered, basically, you know, whether yeah. it's, you know, my wife and I or the fact that, you know, I'm 36 years old, I'm not trying to go out. Uh, it could be Friday night and I'm invited. Nope. Uh, I'm chilling. It was a long day. By the way, Cole, just a, just a, 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 a Little announcement, a little uh, forewarning. Weekends are great. Guess what? Guess who never takes a weekend? You babies work. and children. Yes. Anyway, you you think you think it's weekend? You go out. You know, you know, Cole, college Cole goes out. 
you got a kid. Nope. 6 a.m. is is it doesn't matter if it's Saturday or Sunday. Uh, but so just that reminding stupid, uh, me more and more why having a kid is the worst possible idea for me. Well, you get used to that, yeah, and there's no, the pluses and the minuses. But just the way my but... life is right now, just like I have 97 jobs and responsibilities and decide to do another podcast with people I already do a fucking podcast with. But we can say fuck here more. Um, the, But just that like that entire toppling of your schedule and yeah. having well, to make what a it lot does of hard is... decisions. What it does is, is it forces your schedule to literally be most of the time, even on your leisure time, you at home. So tethered to the house, looking for something to do, getting closer to spooky season. We don't have to get into this. Not a huge pumpkin spice latte fan. I don't like pumpkin spice anything, especially candles, Jess. Blow them the fuck out, please. Love, They're fire hazard. I love a good Yankee candle. I'll say that yeah. right here and right now. I'll I'll, mm. I'll testify wherever I need to if there's like a candle commission. I'm like, I I am Matt Ryan. I am a 34 year old man, and I love me a good ass candle. Yeah, with stupid ass candles look like a <laughs> seance. It's fucking Salem witch house. But anyway, spooky season. <laughs> I, I'm a huge literary fan, and and for those who know me, you know that I'm you know into books. I read. It's a new thing. I I wasn't always this into way. books. That's going to be Corey's new podcast. He's gonna he's gonna become a, a book reviewer. Uh, no, me and you both know that I cannot do a podcast solo because I. But you've got you know, a microphone to, now. Like I'm proud yeah. of Corey. He's got his own mm-hmm. microphone now, and like. Did I order it myself? No. Did I have to be reminded to put it in? I every turn I try to help you. No, I'm just, listen. No cap. Stop, shove, stop burying yourself. You're too nice. You're a nice All right, boy. So a, as I sift out of my own uh, ditch, also related to the show that I'm trying to work into. So big Edgar Allan Poe fan, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to horror, I'm not a Friday the 13th or Freddy Krueger guy. Mm, doesn't really work for me. But, uh, you know, it's, it's both A, a well-written thing and horrifying to read when you understand it. But B, and we'll get into this later, when you're forced to read Poe as a child mm. and you have no idea what those four-syllable words he's talking about are or, the, or those run-on sentences with all that, those commas and, and, and parentheses and semicolons, that's also horrifying. But anyway, Netflix, shout-outs to them. They did a, a nice little season of Poe, po, excuse me. <coughs> no mute button. We'll see if we fix it. <laughs> We'll see if there's we cut that. Li- there's a button on your Zoom on the bottom yeah, I know. left. I, that I'm, says I'm just holding. I'm holding the mic, so I, I couldn't get I, to it fast okay. enough. It's okay. I know what I need to do. I'm just incorrigible. Howard Stern farted into a microphone and became a billionaire. It's all right. Well, if I farted into a microphone, then just my microphone would stink. Okay. That would be the end of it. So what? Netflix, Fall of the House of Usher. It's 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 a okay? pretty good show. It's a pretty good show now. Listen, it's not Usher, uh, uh, when did Usher fall? What ha- I thought isn't he doing no, 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 a Super not, Bowl not, halftime show? Not Usher Usher, right? No. The Roderick Usher, The Fall of the House of Usher, the short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, right? okay. And I'm not going to get into that and it's it's So the so Lil general... John is not in this. No one does the A-Town Stomp. No one does not the What's true. Up. Not true. It is a modern retelling. 
and it's all of them. It's 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 the uh, the the Telltale Heart. It's the Mask of the Red Death. It's the Raven. It's all the little vignettes of the story. The pit, pit and the pendulum. It's and they're all kind of mixed into this one overarching story about the ushers, and they also relate it to the Sackler family's rise and fall in relation to the opioid em- epidemic. So it was oh, it was an interesting little thing that they did and all that kind of stuff, but. I don't want to, you know, spoilers. Everybody check it out. It's it's fun. It's spooky season. It's it's, you know, better than, you know, Disney's zombies. Okay? So, you know, enjoy yourself. Go check it out. But without spoiling it, I did want to kind of bring up something that came up in the plot of the show and there's this moment in which two of the main characters, Madeline Usher, Roderick Usher, they're basically given a life-defining choice. And it's kind of the the crux of the entire show. And, you know, we're here saying words. I'm here with Matt Ryan, Cole Gardella. Hello. I'm Corey Hammond. And as we're saying words, let's let's talk about something. What they deal with is a decision that changes their life and 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 basically the the path of their life. And there's some, you know, supernatural elements to it. So it's fun. But it made me kind of think like, you know, we're all fun talkers, word people. <laughs> When you look back on your own lives, guys, and Cole, I know it's uh, you know it's it's a, it's it's only two thirds of what how long we've been here, so there's a little bit of different perspective. But looking back, what is one decision that you made in your life that you wish you could have changed, or or at least had a, a different perspective? Now looking back, hindsight being twenty twenty, what's what's that one choice? that you guys wish that you could have gone that other way at the, at the fork in the road? Um, speaking of college, uh, in 2011, I had graduated with my associate's degree the year prior and was trying to figure out what to do next. And the... My the place I used to do college, my college radio station. I went there one day, and I was talking with a professor, and he was trying to get me into Emerson. Emerson is in Boston. It's one of the holy cathedrals of broadcasting schools, like schools of communication. It's them. It's Syracuse, Hofstra, uh, Northwestern, Northwestern, yeah, and a couple of others. I think Iowa too. Iowa's got a really great school of journalism, but I was trying my damnedest to do what I kind of do now. This, um, and I got in. I got into Emerson. Like I got, I applied. I did the application. I got letters of recommendation from the professor, who was also one of my mentors, and also we did a radio show. We did a sports radio show. My first ever... I did a wrestling show, and then I did a sports talk radio show. And the whole... And then when I got in, and around November, or towards the end of the year, I went back to Kingsboro, and then I applied to Hofstra. And I applied to Hofstra because they had like a thing there, and also, my mom wasn't really too keen on the idea of her baby boy moving to Boston. 
and I think about whether or not if I went to Boston, how different would my life would have been? Like, if we go to, if I go to Boston, I never meet Alex Silverman, who's a great friend of ours and, you know, my producing partner here in the A7FL and uh, one of the best people I've ever come to know in my life. I consider him family. Um, I don't have an Associated Press Award on my wall. Um, I don't get my first job in radio, uh, at Blue- my first real paying job in radio at Bloomberg uh, because I got that connection through Hofstra's radio station. Um, so, like, that's two huge chapters of my life that I don't ever get. And I don't know what comes out of going to Emerson. Like, I I don't know what my life would have been like. I don't know what... Because at Hofstra, I was there for a year before I... Because I was commuting every day from Brooklyn. I would would take the Long Island Railroad every day. Um, And I kind of cracked at one point. Like, I kind of... I was going through a breakup with my first serious girlfriend... It, she, it always it it's always it's yeah. always that that sets the great men down. It was Thanksgiving weekend, and she broke up with me via text because her grandfather was uh, dying. Mm. Yeah, was was he? I no, he passed away. All right, um, so she didn't. Yeah, that's the one who owned the mountain. Ah, uh, yes, I remember the mountain. Yes, um, I just they were good people. Uh, I just like saying. Like that's that's like a hypothetical of like how like that's the weirdest thing about an ex. Oh, I had an ex who owned whose family owned a mountain. It's like that's just a silly thing. Well, grilling you back into the question, right? So yeah. so there's the fork in the roads. You chose Hofstra. Yeah. And you know, a lot a lot of awesome, interesting, you know, successful things come out of that. But Emerson, you know, big time situation. Yeah. What what do you think the, the the first let's start with the negatives it's easier to get the negatives what are the negatives about going there other than the that you're not on the same path like do you think you could have handled being in a different place with all that going on i think it would have been would have been tough financially like that would have been like that would have been an adjustment and like having to basically work a full-time job and be a student full-time to, like, afford bills and things like that and try to, like, make ends meet living in an entirely new city with no support system. Like, I don't yeah. know anybody in Boston. It's also a fresh start, though. It, no, and but have... that's the that's the converse, the converse of it, um, that I would be able to kind of start over. I would be able to build new relationships, new friendships, and kind of redefine myself after you know, growing up in the same apartment with the same friends for the majority of my life and kind of not having the best connection with people in high school. I think it would have been great for me also to just go to another walking city, a city with mass, like, public transportation, because I don't drive, especially back then. Um, 
I think there would have been a lot of positives to it. I don't know... I don't know at the end of it if my my career, I don't think, turns out the same way. And I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. Because you, you do that and... I wouldn't be able to have had opportunities at certain points in my life where I could, you know, go into the wrestling business and do all the things that I do now. It wouldn't have been as available to me in uh, So is that Boston. is that what is that the one like cuz I was saying is 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 the fork in the road you took a path is that the path that you, you know, you wonder or you wish that you would have taken the other path? You know, I don't know. Like, there are times where I've thought, like, fuck, thing, everything would have been different if X, Y, Z happened. Right, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the conceit of this yeah. question. It's no, like, and, and it's a right? beautiful conceit. It's just I don't know how to answer that. The no, problem- I mean, listen, when you answer the question, I think what you're saying is, is that you wish this would happen in your life differently. I think it's I think it's a uh, it's going to be an interesting question for Cole to answer because Matt, me and you are, are are kind of established in in who we are. Yeah, we and we're fully say that we're, baked people. Like Cole yeah, is twenty one. Fully baked. We're not half baked. We're fully baked. Yes. Um, Great shout outs to the uh, yeah. I was going to say. I was trying to think of a no. I was trying to think of the yeah. Well, that was the joke. Only friend. But I was trying to think of the the other names in the movie to try to not say the the like saying the Dave Chappelle vehicle for half baked is easy but I can't remember the 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 one guy the one guy's name you know not Jim Brewer the other guy that now is uh, featured Williams. on yeah Harlan Williams who's now featured in all these Disney movies like uh you know Halloween buddies and everything which is hilarious to see um yeah I I just completely ruined that joke but <laughs> so tried. we're fully baked. So, you know, Cole's half baked. Uh, maybe the way that, you know, he was that first day out in Arizona. Um, it was a dry heat that day. Um, and he was certainly uh, some some form of baked in, in that Arizona. There heat. will be a day where we're able to tell the story of that weekend from traveling to returning. Unredacted. Yeah, unredacted and I just is going to be tough. But I just want I just want to make it known that the real heroes of that weekend were Zach Morgan and Corey Hammond. That's that's all I want. Was I a hero? I feel like you I know was why you were a hero. Just, uh, I don't remember. I don't give myself credit. Yeah, that's why you don't. There's a re- yeah. yes. <laughs> Good job. Your inability to remember is a reason why you're the hero. And and. Good job. Let boy. me just we say the Raken. The Raken was my hero. Yes. Shout out. The Raken was my hero. And if you don't know what a Raken is, go check out the three on one podcast from a field somewhere or whatever Matt beautifully yeah, called it. Yeah, I think it, it was from pers- a field somewhere. Yeah, and and that's some field. And that kind of felt like the spiritual success. That episode felt like the spiritual successor to this show. Yeah, it was. It, I feel like, was like it's a- the. Go ahead, Cole. It was like a backdoor pilot of yeah. sorts. Look at you using industry lingo. Fucking six months ago, this guy doesn't know a snabitz from a nabitz, and now he's he's in there. He's in the mix. He's got an agent. It's it's actually Zach. Zach just puts on a fake mustache and argues with himself in the mirror. 
at least in my fan fiction. I, I, I write I write fan fiction about you guys, and most of it just involves you sitting Please don't down. ship. Just don't no, ship. No, there's no, no, no. The only thing it really involves is Zachy yelling at himself while taking a mustache on and off his face, and all of you enjoying chicken pot pie. Like, all of it is just basically you sitting around eating chicken pot pie in various situations. Nice. Well, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, as far as fan fiction goes, I'm sure there's an audience for that. Um, I don't know if we would necessarily want to meet those people in, in person. Oh, we know those people. Oh, mm-hmm. well, there you go. As long as it's not a ship fan fiction. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a big ship guy. But Cole, what's the, what's the one crossroads you wish you took a right when you took the left? I don't know if I have one that I would say I wish I took the right instead of the left. But I do have one where I think about all the stuff that wouldn't have happened if I did take the other way. And I think there's positive and negative to it. And that would be, um, it's kind of like what Matt was explaining halfway through. But my first real breakup happened about a year ago um, this time, a year, was Columbus Day weekend. I wasn't like, I wasn't 100% sure I wanted to break up with my ex when I did, but I knew because we had a long distance ish thing. She went to school in Philly. I go to school by the city. Um, I knew if I didn't do it, then I would have to do it on Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm not super wise or fully baked, as you would say. You're just half baked. Yeah, half baked. But I'm fully aware that there's not a great time to break up with someone, but there are better times than others, I guess. Um, and I think about all the things that I wouldn't have done and or would have done had I stayed in that relationship. And I'd say mostly it's positive. I think it, it that I mean, it hit like a brick. I've never felt like sick before after any type of action like that wasn't actually like me being physically sick from like, you know, a cold or whatever. I felt like physically sick. I'm like, did I do the right thing? I, w- I never knew. But I think about all the fr- like I think about all the friends I wouldn't have made without that breakup because I feel like I was nervous to talk to other women because I was like, well, I don't want her to be jealous. And I've made many more friends because of that. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't go to a bullhead if I stay in that relationship. And that was something I was kind of in the back of my mind because our anniversary, our two year anniversary would have been the weekend we went to bullhead. And in the back of my mind on the plane there, I was thinking, shit, I'm totally going to think about it. I know I am. And never crossed my mind and that was like i realized it on the plane back that holy shit i thought i was gonna non-stop think about that and it was gonna distract me from having a great weekend but it absolutely did not and bullhead has been i have haven't as much time on this earth as you guys obviously but i'd say bullhead's easily top five maybe top three moment in my life there you go there you go. Every everything that happened that weekend. That's that sounds like a crossing minds <laughs> podcast segment. We gotta yeah, we get gotta on, get a get we gotta there, get a Rob. crossing minds crossover with with some of this relationship talk. So both of you guys are are around a, a relationship situation. Those, those are big moments, and and I totally understand that. I'm gonna just ask myself the question because I know you guys you know love my. I just naturally it. assumed you were gonna say something. Oh, I, I always say words, man. Smart assumption. It's like betting Christian McCaffrey is going to score a touchdown. So, you know what happens? 
Well, it, it's no. The better assumption is that Chris McCaffrey is going to get injured at some point, and no disrespect to my guy, but yeah, yeah, here it is. I so like that you always phrase you 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 started off with no disrespect, and then it's my, always my guy. Copious. It, no, it's just copious, it, you're, copious amounts. You're kicking them in the balls, but you're also you're trying to be respectful and their friend because you're using a colloquial like my guy. Like that's always been a yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm just saying. I, I try I to ca- learn. I caught it. I catch it. It's one of those things that I've working with you for as long as I have, and I've spoken to you more than I think anybody but my roommate this year. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, I, I try to learn from people that are good at things. And, uh, you know, Will Ferrell is good at a lot of things. Um, and he's good at a lot of things in a way that he also sometimes doesn't look like he's good at things. And I don't remember what movie he said, but uh, he, he set the example for me. And he says, no disrespect. I'm pretty sure it's, that's Step Brothers, right? I think so. No disrespect. Followed immediately by copious amounts of disrespect. I think that's just the only way to phrase and structure a sentence like that. And maybe we'll get into that in sentences uh, later on. But, you know, the tough thing is, is that for my life, I can go back to a lot of moments in which, like, at times in my life when I was younger, you know, closer to these moments, I might have thought, like, I wish something went differently. Like, for instance, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was competing for the starting varsity job at the high school that I attended, Bishop George R. We talked about this last week. Now yeah. it's it was once St. Thomas Aquinas went to Bishop R. Bishop R. Apparently not a really good person. Shouldn't mm-hmm. be naming schools after it. Back to St. Thomas Aquinas. But when it was Bishop R., I was as a sophomore fighting for the starting varsity job at quarterback, and it was this whole thing, blah blah blah. When I was like I don't know a junior and a senior, I wish that I got the job. I wish I earned the position that you know I felt like I you know that's another another saying word segment uh, down the road. But a lot of those early decisions in my younger life, and they even some of them are similar to some of the things that you guys are talking about. They led up to, boom, me having kids, right? So when you do this type of decision, like, and this kind of ties back into uh, fall of the house of Usher and, you know, lineages and lines and a house, right? And a house not in like just the physical because it is a double entendre, but like, you know, the the bloodline and watch the show. It's awesome. If I change things in my college, my high school, post-college career, I I don't know if I end up having the the kids that I love more than any individual achievement that I could have maybe finagled if I did this or did that. So it's hard looking back and saying, I wish that this happened or I wish I went to this college instead of that college. I showed up to Muhlenberg College after being heavily recruited as a senior in high school, and I was one of seven freshman quarterbacks that walked into the meeting room on the freshman orientation. Seven? Yeah, the the one kid, I'll never forget this. His name was Tom Nangle. And before the meeting was over, he got his position shifted from quarterback to tight end. He didn't even step on a field. He didn't even walk more than a couple of steps in front of coaches. They were like, all right, you're a tight end already. And it was down to six. I was like, Damn, shit got real, real quick. And, uh, you know, so like I could have went to a different college, but then if I didn't do that and I went this place or I tried to do this, then maybe I wouldn't have met my wife. And then, you know, if I, you know, decided to be more of a, you know, let's say uh, 
responsible adult in some of my interactions. Again, I, I'm not talking about the fresh, the, the you know, the all-star freshman quarterback that's moved up to varsity for the Woodbridge High School and shit, right? Mm-hmm. But when it really comes down to it, because I was thinking about this because it was my own conceit. Cole, pay attention to this. Now, I wouldn't change anything about college. I learned a lot. Not much of it was school-related. But I was a degenerate alcoholic. I was a degenerate a lot of things in college. Um, having my eldest son when I was 20 mm. uh, helped me uh, become uh, an adult that wasn't going to end up with you know some form of uh, malady uh, based on my decision-making skills at that point. But after college, guys, because of how you know degenerate college was, Every time I drank, Cole, listen, I was chasing the college party experience. Mm-hmm. And once you leave college, like there's no room for that in the, in the real world, especially when I was talking about with kids. Yeah. Six a.m. is six a.m. Yep. To kids, it doesn't matter if it's Saturday. It doesn't matter if you were drinking. It doesn't matter if you had a really long night. It doesn't matter if you didn't sleep. Kids awake responsibilities, Tommy Pickles. So it, I, I wish that like in my post, even to now, really, honestly, if I just stopped the drinking, because every time you drink, then you start to lose your inhibitions and all of a sudden you go into those habits. And then I just go into that, you know, Corey Chase mm-hmm. college experience mode. And I'm a lot like our, our really good friend and awesome person, Scott McCorkle. But like on a hundred, yeah. But like on, on like a thousand hundred, and it's just not a it's just not a good. It's never been a really good look for me. Most of my bad experiences, and I'm not going to go into too specifics, have been in that situation where it's like, ooh, wish that didn't happen. So if I could change anything, it would be my post college drinking. And let me tell everybody listening, bro, you get to a certain age, and what are you really doing? Mm. But I also am not somebody that like you know just unwinds with a drink or two. I'm going 100. I'm going pedal to the metal. If we're doing this, we're doing this, and it's just not a good look. And that would be what I changed. And I think, uh, you know, I would have uh, done a lot less idiocracy. You know, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to try so hard not to be an asshole if that was the case. <laughs> Cole, I think you win. I think you win because A, you, uh, you're, you're young enough to keep making these decisions, and we can come back to you when you're our age and see where, where you go from here. But, Matt, I think what's interesting is, is that you looked at that crossroads, and I feel like you agree with the decisions you made. You're yeah. happy where you are in life, aren't you? I wouldn't say happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, you wouldn't say that, but you didn't say you wanted to change shit. Well, there's things that I – I know I think, this is yeah, this is a little personal question. Yeah, it's no, it's just hard to it's hard to navigate what could have been because you're you're looking at everything with all of this, you know, you're looking back and you're like, "Oh, that wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't happen." And also the really good shit wouldn't have happened too. Like Right. Yeah, that's why it's hard. Yeah, like we wouldn't be friends. Like I wouldn't know certain people in my life that I feel are like, insanely valuable to me. Um uh, yeah, I don't think I end up in the position to where I meet David Isaacs and I end up working for the league. Like, I don't see that end up happening. Um, but I feel like 
we're all tr- you were talking about chasing that that moment and if fuck if that's not me and like trying to chase the next stage of my career and <clears throat> you enter broadcasting knowing like we talked about uh last time competitive broadcasting some it's, it's either competitive or collaborative and for a long time i was competitive and i think that hurt me more than a lot of other things now that i'm more collaborative and i think that i'm doing some of my best work mainly because i'm being carried uh i'm trying to figure out how not to plateau and like how do i get better how do i level up where's my, where's the next level for me where's the next level for me and well, that's that competitiveness. Yeah, it's it, so. Although it, you've learned to be collaborative, it's still the competitiveness that's driving you to continue to push forward and upward. So, hey, maybe that's why you didn't want to change anything. Yeah, I think you're doing great. Well, I like funny. it. No, I like. I feel like I'm in a good place. It's just it's a lot, you know. In the last ten years, I've had to deal with my best friend dying. Uh, my mom completely collapsing, like her, you know, her health and her mental health. And, you know, she's been dead for three years now. Four? Damn. Four, yeah. Oh, fuck. Is it five? Shit, I don't even remember. Um, And just dealing with everything that came from that has been... No, it's, it is five. Um... You're, you're trying to process all of that while living your life. I'm doing all of that while I'm going to school full-time and working a full-time job at the NHL and doing a podcast and getting in the wrestling business and traveling to shows and this and that and this and that. And, like, I've been running so hard. I've been running so hard for so long that you you kind of get sucked up into it all. And also dust KC twice, but keep going. <laughs> but like when I think about KC, and I think about guys like Zach and Dub and everybody who like wants to be a broadcaster, I just I think about doing this for almost half my life. I'm 34. I've been doing this for 16 years. And there have been moments like Bullhead where I wouldn't want to trade them for nearly anything. But there are days where you are sitting at a gig and there are as many people in the stands that are on this Zoom that we're recording on and you have to give them everything you have. Because that's the job. And then walking to the train and just thinking about everything that could have been, that should have been, and like you, and I feel like this is common for a lot of people who do the type of things that we do or try to do. And it's that, and I I don't know if you deal with this as a football player, um, but like the 
that self-worth that's wrapped up in your work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, your work, your body of work, your professionalism, your, you know, your what your legacy is, is your entire, it's my entire humanity. Like everything in my life has been in my life because of my work. Like you guys are my friends, but we worked together. Alex and I are great friends, but we worked together, and we went to. By the way, Alex, Alex texted me. He said uh, he's got some words <laughs> to say. Right, he has words for saying words, and one of them was titmouse. So that's your friend Alex <laughs> trying to get in the show, and a word that he wanted to say was titmouse, and that's that's not a dirty word, by the way. Everybody watching home, look it up. Um, it's just a thing. Um, titmouse and blue-footed booby. So he's just, you know, he's going straight to toilet humor. Good for him. But yeah, without without you know the decisions that we make, we would not be in the places where we find ourselves. And with the choice to change everything, honestly, most people wouldn't because I think when I look at it, it's it's funny that you talk about self worth and and the broadcaster. You know, it's interesting, Matt. My, you know, I do this even though I say, you know, too often to be an actual professional broadcaster. My younger brother actually worked for ESPN Philly, ESPN New York, ESPN uh, Fort Worth or, or whatever they call it out there. Yeah. And he was up for the afternoon drive for ESPN Seattle and lost out to uh, noted NFL uh reporter and crypt keeper cosplayer john clayton Aww. so you know he was modeling himself after colin cowherd when uh dan lebitard was rising to mm. radio fame so he hit a wall Oof. because everybody was sick of the, the highbrow stuff but uh he'd been working in the industry and for espn specifically for about 10 years you know, that competitive drive, Matt, that that fight to keep moving, even when you're sitting there with only three, you know, fans in the stands and you're still with the integrity of a, a broadcaster doing your job, your identity. Right. You were talking about how it how it relates to football. I always say this in football because I'm faced with this, especially recently. Um, when I was in college, it happened. But then I found the A7FL, so I was able to kind of like resurrect and I'm, I'm a, a football zombie. But in, in sports, especially when you identify as that person, right? My entire life, I've been a football player. And especially in high school, when you're forming your own personality, most of my personality was quarterback, <laughs> right? Now, you know, when you when you first get out of college and you say that, oh, I played quarterback in college and high school, they, they, they look at that on your job uh, resume and they're like, oh, that's interesting. You're a leader. And that's all this, you know, the, the stereotypes that go along with it. But it was who I was. But what I say is, is that in, in sports, you you have two deaths. It's when you when you die as an athlete as an actual performer of the sport that's why at 36 years old and as many gray hairs and as many teams i've been cut from i'm still fighting to get back on that field wherever i can and then your actual final rest so look i'm not trying to die and i matt as a broadcaster you could live forever or as long as you're alive 
you know, just look at some of the greatest broadcasters of all time. They're still kicking and doing it. Shout out to Al Michaels, who's not going to cover Taylor Swift at all. He has no time for that shit. Um, Dua Lipa's after tight ends, Cole, you heard? She's going after George Kittle. No way. You know who Dua Lipa is? I know who Dua Lipa is. Josh Allen has Taylor Steinfeld, too. Yeah, Kate Bishop herself. Shout outs to Hawkeye. Yeah. You know who Kate Bishop is, Matt? Couldn't couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a miracle at this point that I've I've actually found a woman. I'm such a nerd. I sh- probably should. Kate that's Bishop is a, the female not, Hawkeye. I I I don't believe that there's a cause. Co- there's some causation, but definitely not with you. Um, Listen, I, yeah, I guess uh, you know I I get the uh, the same privilege as pandas. I, Pandas should not exist. They should I be make extinct. Dick Night Pretty plain jokes, so it's not like I'm <laughs> hip and with it with the fucking kids listen, either. Listen, you are you are the throwback in the best sense. I want to play another game though. Okay. Can we get? Can we do a thing? Do, I don't know do, if you're gonna do, be ready. Do, 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 do. Alternate universe, verse, 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 verse. And look, we got Cole Gardella, the the Earth. 732. Um, that's a, a former area code. The the Earth 732 Paradox Corey Hammond in the building. So once again, and I think I'm gonna make this a running gag, and Matt's gonna eventually try to shut it down, but I'm incorrigible. I'm Rick James on the couch. I'm I'm a habitual line stepper, so it's never gonna work. But in an alternate universe, guys, last last week, Cole, I'm sure you listened because you you like to hear people saying words. We talked about if I was in the wrestling world and Matt was in the football world, who we'd be. I thought that was fun. So I thought about another alternate universe. And I don't know if you guys are big fans of Across the Spider-Verse or Into the Spider-Verse. You guys know Spider-Ham? Yeah, I know Spider-Ham. Well, Spider-Ham in his, in his little pocket universe in the multiverse, as he, I don't, Cole, I don't, we don't. First of all, this isn't a video podcast, and, and some yeah. of the merch you're showing, I think, is going to get us uh, sued, or fined, or libeled, or, or whatever's happening to Donald Trump currently. All um, the above. Anyway, so Spider Ham, in his little pocket universe, all the 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 beings are anthropomorphized animals. So there's no animals that just animal. And there's no people; they're just people. It's just like everybody's a mixture of both. So there's then what do talking... they have for food? That's always the the number one question. Plants. But let's be honest: you gotta eat what you gotta eat. And sometimes people's days got to go. Damn, to Tim didn't show Ma- up to work today. Gecko. Is he in the fucking burrito? Like that? That's well. That's if Tim rough. if Tim is bovine, he might actually be in the burrito. Carne if he Larry. is an ungulate. Ooh, I'm using animal words now. Look at you, guys... you, look at you showing off you know what the an ungulate, biology. An un... You know what so an ungulate is? It's a hooved animal that eats vegetation with multiple stomachs. So you Central Jersey growing up piece of garbage. Nah, that's that's recently <laughs> me watching my guy. I can't pronounce his name, but Casual Geographic. Check it out on TikTok and YouTube. He breaks the animals down. And People's Days Got to Go, which is Mondo Gecko from the new Tur- Ninja Turtles movie, which is voiced by Paul Rudd. So I'm going to, I'm listen, I'm, I'm doing a hashtag situation. I'm shouting out as many, you know, famous vehicles of entertainment just so somebody catches on and starts listening to us. It'll go viral soon. You just want soon. an influencer box. 
You just you just want what we send people at work. Is well, at this point, I can jump onto that whatever that filth is that X is and pay for it. But I, I, I'm looking. I'm earning the blue check mark on my own merit, not by my wallet. But anyway, alternate universe. We're in the Spider Ham universe. Matt Ryan exists. Corey Hamm exists. Cole Gardella exists. But we are the anthropomorphized animals, which means animals with human characteristics. Who or what animals do you embody the best? And who would you assign to the other? Now, I only, I only prepared for just Matt. So I'm going to have to think about Cole. But as you guys use the, the, the Googles and the interwebs and the, the space faces and all those things to figure out what animals you guys are going with. Hmm. You guys want to hear my animals? Yeah. Because I thought about this. Yeah. Now, to start off, let's be clear about who Corey Hammond is. Especially in the A7FL verse so that, you know, this, this is where most of our fans kind of know us. You know, you don't have to go too personal. But, A, I'm not small, but I'm definitely not big. I'm not fast in any sense of the imagination. But I wouldn't say I'm the slowest person on earth because I at least am able to run for multiple yards at times healthy in a professional football league. I'm not going to be at that top apex level, right? Because, like, let's be honest. The, the cheetahs of this world are guys like Ashanti Worthy. And the rhinoceroses of this world are guys like Gerald Bell, the throwback athlete we were talking about uh, on the A7FL YouTube shorts, who, if you check that video out, guys, I am, I am featured three times getting absolutely murdered. So have you guys heard of a sloth bear? I've heard of I've the heard two of words that make that compound word. Okay, so we're talking about South American bears. Now, if you watch The Office, you know that the black bear is the best bear. I can't, I can't assume that I'm the black bear. You ever see a black bear go up a tree? Not, not that athletic. I'm sorry. I'm just not there. But a sloth bear is a South American bear that if you Google right now, listen at home, check him out. He's also the bear that has the, that has the, the, the viral story going on in the Japanese zoo because people think it's a bear that's dressed up, a human dressed in a bear costume, right? Not the best bear, right? So I'm not, I'm not assuming the best animal here. I'm trying to be realistic. But I'm, I'm definitely a mammal. I have relatively high intelligence. I'm a jack of all trades, so I'm not like a specialist. But you know what I, I will say? And I said this last time, but I'm, uh, I'm going to keep going. with. I never back down from the fight. Now, I may lose, and I do lose a lot. Check out my uh, most recent A7FL season with the Boston Omegas. And so do sloth bears. They get absolutely owned by uh, Siberian tigers in Asia and uh, – wherever they are, are, you know, wherever sloth bears are sold. But if you mess with a sloth bear, he's, he's going to, he, you're, he's going to earn your respect because he's going to leave your face disfigured and he's going to fight and he's never going to back down sloth bear. Number one. Now, before I turn this into a, 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 a very shitty national geographic, Somebody save me from my terrible bit and assign yourself an animal. You know, I think 
I don't know. Like, Rob, to me, is a lion because he's fierce, he's loyal, and he's a leader of a pack. Um, and he's an apex type of guy. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about 6'4", 390. He's a security guard because when it gets down to it, he's a fighter. Yeah, I think I, I think Rob, you know, he's not not just the whole, you know, the Rasta dreads thing. No, he's a lion because he's an apex predator, leader of the pack. And let's be honest, male lions tiny bit lazy rob's saving that energy and no disrespect to my guy but when we do the physical things where we're running around where's rob he's talking yeah. he's watching us because he has no smart. time for that rob's shit. not a schmuck we're... well and in lion culture the male lion is there for serious business yes not fucking around like this sloth bear we're the, and like we're the hyenas animals. from uh from lion king we're we're timon and pumbaa straight up hyenas are hyenas are badass animals i don't want to get into too much they Um, live in a matriarchal society in which the males are absolute bottom of the rung in the pack so we can go into another conversation but hey matt as you think you want to hear mine and don't get mad all right so listen love you by the way don't get mad smart Uh uh-huh thank you big let's be honest a little bit big. I'm a wide not, boy. not being an ass. No, a little bit big. I'm, I'm a fat man. But with a lot of those big mammals, right? Mm-hmm. Carry carry themselves appropriately, right? We're not talking about we're not talking about a blobfish or something that's just absolutely out of control. We're talking about a powerful, fit, thick boy animal, right? Also, mammal. I think mammal is key. You got the intelligence. But let's be fair to all of our lady listeners at home. Talking about a cute man. Cute is a good word. Thank you. I'll take that. Faster than you look. And most importantly for this animal, an absolute throwback. Just feels like it's from another time. You guys ever hear of a tapir? I believe so. All right. This 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 bit is going about as well as most of my conversation. I just want to see what it is. Aw, yeah, I could see that. So listen, the most important thing is you see that you see that snout? Yeah. <laughs> I am not a biologist, so I don't I can't confirm. But I'm pretty sure with 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 a set of pipes like that, literally, that motherfucker's making some some aggressive and 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 very very tonal sounds that are that are that are resonating through the jungles of South South America. That tapir can make make a good football call if he has to with the with those pipes am i wrong no i think that works Uh, that makes sense i i don't have anything better for me all right how about this joke though you could also be a sperm whale floats and the sonic blast from a sperm whale can kill a human you can scream your fucking head off that is fair no that's not fair you're not your head's not full of spermacetum pause I think the cringe of this bit is that I'm dead serious going to keep this going. Cole, yeah. What animal are you? <laughs> you don't have you don't have you haven't thought of one for me yet. I I could just be an ass on cue, but I I've been trying not to be. You could be an like ass that. on cue. All, All right. right. If you want to go first, then I'll go. Nah, you go. Okay. I already took up too much of this airtime with nonsense. 
Um, I would say maybe an owl. I think I'm generally kind of like self self reserved. I feel like I don't talk too much, but I feel like I feel like this is a really brass thing to say, but I feel like when I do speak, people listen because I feel like usually when I have something, I feel like I wouldn't talk if I don't have anything important to say. I like to let other people carry the conversation. Um, and, you know, I, th I wouldn't say I'm, you know, some fucking Einstein or anything like that, but I'd like to consider myself fairly smart. And, you know, I'd say owls are pretty wise and smart, which is not the same thing, granted. But I'd say probably an owl, I guess. I really don't have another answer I could think of. So you're a fucking demon and you can turn your head around basically like the exorcist? That's that the turning the head around is when Savage Cole comes out. Yes. <laughs> and also, also, by the way, do you want some nightmare fuel? No. Always. Google Shaved Owl. That is a fucking demon, bro. I'd listen so, to a band called Shaved Owl. Shaved listen, Owl. Shaved, shaved Cole rule. must be a fucking demon. Uh, this this is this shaved is a Cole. new a new segment. I, no. Pause. Pause. I don't want it. I'd... I don't want it. Yeah, I don't like that I, either. You said it. You said it, and I think you realized mm, I shouldn't have. I wonder if, how often does that happen on your daily life. Uh, I mean, you know, in the conversation on Facebook last night with a certain ex-coach in our league, I don't. Uh, I, I all don't that was give warranted. a shit. All of that was warranted, though. Right, but uh, there, I mean, there is a filter, right? But it's. I still don't have like a, you know, to use a, a term that the kids are, are using nowadays. I don't have a draft. Like for what I say, there's, yeah. there's no draft bin. I may put a filter on what I say, like those, those apps have filters, but those things go straight to post. I mean, there, there's no drafts that are just left with the, the you know, the, the Herm Edwards don't press send. Now, I, I, I think I have common sense enough not to say every single thing online that I should. But I also admitted to Kelly Hurst that I also have this hidden, like, urge to troll people that deserve it, and I just can't help myself. It's not that hidden, bud. It's not hidden. It's not that hidden. Yeah, but am I a tr am I a troll troll for real? You had a segment like on the Nevada Facebook page called the Daily Appreciation Post. But was was that a troll, troll, or was that just honest feedback about how much I appreciate? <laughs> Buddy. The Nevada oh. division and on the Las Vegas uh, you know, I'm general break, population. I'm not going to break kayfabe on it. I'm not because I love you. But Let's fucking break it now. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So one bathroom break later. In this marathon conversation about absolutely goddamn nothing, um, I was talking about how Corey was so petty, and you this year, Jesus backflipping Batman. Um, in just like we walked into the season knowing who was gonna have a sense of superiority and who wasn't, and you took aim. At so many people this season, there, because we ran in the points where it wasn't me, it wasn't you who got uh, told about it. It was me and Rob uh, told on. It was me and Rob. Like Corey, just you found ways to be. You were so aggressively petty at times. 
like with the da- like daily appreciation post and just like your critiques were so good that they felt like they were insulting because you would find ways to like XYZ did ZYX but they could have done QRW and they would have been successful you know not like I would have known anything about that like you were you were pers- you were surgical in how you fucked with people and I was so impressed <laughs> And at the same time, I was like, "Oh, this motherfucker is trying to get us all fired." Well, it, I think I think the the culmination of it was after the Boston Omegas played the team that I played and got cut from and didn't even play a game with the Rawway Snow Tribe. Uh, shout outs to Dion Dawkins, left tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Tough week last week, but they'll get they'll get back at it. When I wrote the script for my cold open, your your gut reaction was like, this is not a good look. This is not the way that we maybe should go with it. And my dumbass was like, yeah, love you, Matt, but this is me. This is who I am. Who am I but the guy that loses basically by blowout and comes back and talks shit right in the face of the team that just blew me out. And let's be fair. With with the shitty job of editing by me because I suck at it. <laughs> I, I think the clip that we put together, you know, it, there's an ambiguous ending to the the failed experiment at quarterback for the Snow Tribe after saying that they were good on Corey Hammond because ask the Snow Tribe themselves and, uh, you know, by the way, I, I actually did every single week. They wanted me back. And and I'm not just talking about, like, four guys. I'm talking about 30 of the, what, 40 guys that were on the roster still after yeah. I was dismissed from the Discord. Consistently, week after week after week said, we wish we had you. We wish we had you. We wish you had you. So, you know, that was the the kind of. I think one thing that I said more than anything during some of the games of the weeks when we were watching th- uh, the games, you know, happen live and, and and breaking it down so that people can understand is that I kept saying I, I don't like to constantly be right. But I think I was, unfortunately, for, you know, the people that would maybe, uh, you know, assess hate my way. Um, I, I was right about uh, too many things this year, including some of the things that I can't even get into. But, hey, you know, tis life in the shoes of a <laughs> of a troll that tries. I try. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm in the position to where I can't be that guy. Like, you and Rob can do that because traditionally – the color analysts are going to be from the position of a former player or, you know, a pseudo-active player. And, Corey, you are an active, active player. Like you right, start... and that's the thing I think I can get away with sometimes. Yeah. I say a lot of things, but I don't hide behind, you know, the 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 video recording of, oh, I'm just going to stay in the booth. I eventually have to see all these people face to face with, uh, you know, some would say very little protection. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, I'm not I, talking about the pads. And I'm the person who's like, I'm boxed into the idea of, 
oh, he's the play-by-play announcer. He shouldn't have an opinion because he never played. So, like, you're you're already with that strike against you as an announcer, like, from off-rip. Like, if you're the play-by-play guy, the the knock on you immediately is going to be he never played. And there were rare exceptions to that rule. Obviously, Pat Summerall being one of them. Um, there's a, there's several others throughout history, especially in New York in the early days of uh, sports announcing. But you have all that. And then within there, I'm not a traditional announcer in the sense that I have a radio, talk show, comedy background, and I come from the wrestling business. So everything I do has got a little bit of that fucking gold dust on it, like that little bit of showbiz. Because that's just, I'm naturally performative in that way. And that's what. Just one a of, little bit of what Cole needs to get through through midterms. Right? Just, a <laughs> li- just a little bit extra. Just a little bit. But when, when you throw that in there and you juxtapose it with our league and like the personalities in that league, it makes it, it, it makes it easier, but it also creates its own set of challenges. And I feel well, like I think that's, comp- and I feel like that's where most of the criticism of my work comes from. Like there's rarely criticism from non-connected people, like non members of families, members who are close to teams, who will critique your guys' work based on the idea of bias. Most of the critiques of my work are I'm too loud. And that I suck. Which when you're, which when we've had, when we've had uh, itinerations of of people in your job, do it the more you know, buttoned up way. It just doesn't. I started up the buttoned up way. Like I, I've become. And the one thing I was thinking about this season, and I thought about it, or I was depressed today. Surprise, but I I had a I had a depressive episode earlier today. Um, I'm just alone in my apartment. And I'm thinking, did I regress this year as an announcer? Like, I, I, I had, like, a, I'm thinking, am I becoming more of the catchphrase? Over, like, am I relying too much on being, like, because you're, with the the way we've been conditioned, one play can change everything in a few seconds, and that happened more this year, in my opinion, than it had in any other year. And you're just at that point. It's muscle memory. It's like, oh, he's got he's got him on at least. If he's got him over more than five yards, this could be something. So I've got to be ready, and I've got to have the engine sitting at fifty-five. So I know can if Rob's jumping in and he's going at seventy-five, I can get into the off ramp and I'm not colliding into him. I have to give him space. I have to give Corey space. I have to do all this in my head, and I'm doing all the mental gymnastics in my head. All but the once while- again, I'm looking down playing pokemon go and i go straight into the ditch but that you you don't go into the ditch like that's i just wanted to do a callback yeah but it's like working and i and i feel like i am probably overthinking shit like this because you absolutely are i mean we asked you i asked you earlier today and just just to pull you out because yeah we're we're saying words here we're doing a podcast we we try to be professional Eh, uh, but you, we said, could you change something? You went back to that major, that major fork in the road, and you're like, ah. and it's almost like you, you, you thought about saying, yeah, maybe I wish, but 
listen, you're exactly where you need to be. And just to, just to clarify for all of those watching at home, I'll just ask you this, Matt, just to put it in perspective. That championship that we called, do you think that there was anybody on earth based on the, the, the journey that it took to get you to that seat, all of the things that go into doing your job, which isn't just talking, was there any better person to do that job that day than Matt Ryan? Not, not that Matt Ryan. No, the, <laughs> the Matt Ryan. In that chair, calling that game. Because I don't know if I did a great job, but I know for a fact that my partners absolutely murdered that shit. Yeah, like that. Um... No one's doing your job better that day than you did that day, period. Well, th thank you, buddy. And that, that means a lot. And I think we, in spite of, or despite uh, all of those challenges we ran into the day of the championship game, and while we were on the air, and dealing with the myriad of issues that kind of culminated in that moment, and also you're producing a live television show you're in a you're on a mezzanine of a facility and you're just like you're I felt at moments I was shitting the bed I felt I don't think you did I, I don't remember internally being... like there were moments where I felt like I was I, my feet weren't underneath me because I was I mean listen we we all could have done better I mean I could have just been a reasonable human when Mike Tice was sitting the next Mike, to me. I don't give a fuck about the Mike Tice. I know. I just like, like to. I just like, like to if, make fun if, of myself. If that was, if that that was an issue, if that was the issue coming out of the game, fucking, then we we won. We won the day. I will take that as the victory of my career. That my broadcast partner got a little ha ha with with Mike Tice. Like I, it. I was trying to sell it because everybody kept saying. Oh, Mike Tyson? And then it's like, yeah. no, 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 Mike Tyson, the former Vikings yeah. coach. And everybody went like this. Oh. Like, they were yeah, disappointed. And, so I was trying to sell it. Now, now my, my instincts really were off. Cool. It, it, yeah, I thought it was cool. It and was. I knew how cool it really was. So I just wanted to sell that to all the fans at home. And what's funny is if you watch a YouTube feed, when I wasn't on camera, I, like, came out of character. And yeah. me and him just actually just spoke. <laughs> But uh, I, you, I don't you, think I'll you, ever hear you, the end of you that. Chris Farley showed it, and yeah, of course, like there's down by the river. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Chris Farley at all, ever. Um, but so, like, but but Matt, is there a, is there a human on this planet that could have done a better job than you that day? I I don't know. I I don't think I don't think there was. Listen, anybody with the in rosters that we get, yeah, even fucking Al Michaels himself would have. Oh, Al Michaels would have told people, everybody to go fuck off. Oh my god, I don't think he would have been. He would. He would have punched me. I know of at least three people he would have punched in the face. One of them's Corey Hammond for no, sure. No, he wouldn't have punched. He would have liked you. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he would have liked this me. Shit he you see the shit he has to deal with on Thursday Night Football, all the crappy games he gets now? Oh, my God. Well, Mike Al Michaels, to be honest, is one of the best at just carrying a shit game because you just like to hear him speak about anything. Mm -hmm. He's one of the, the greatest and of all time. That's the part of the job I think we excel at is the – it's the if you're a Met fan, uh, Gary, Keith, and Ron, uh, Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling – 
are the masters of making the most out of a terrible game. And there have been times where the scoreboard is not kind to one of the teams in the league. And we've got 20 commercial breaks left. And we got to get to every single one of those motherfuckers. And we've got to math it out somehow. And through the grace of just the ability to work off of each other, we can make those games entertaining. I mean, we had to do, well, not me this year, actually. Um, I'm more talking about last year's fall. And as just a brief promo, December 3rd, A7FL Vegas fall. Let's go. But some of those Vegas games, man. (laughs) That's a carry job. How many? How many games in a row did the Insomniac shut out their opponent? Like five, and in the in the one that broke their streak, they only let up like six points. Well, they're not a super team, so I think yeah. uh, just I... the the division was just that down when it when it got past the top teams, because they weren't a super team, guys. I mean, no. you know, it wasn't that the Insomniacs were 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 the roster that if you looked up and down their roster, they don't have three of the top five at at like best at their position at literally every position in the division. That's not, that's not the case. That's not even close to true. Everyone would disagree that, you know, even at the quarterback position that having scooter and Trey and according to them, Quincy Burtz, you, you have this ability to just out of nowhere, go on a run on somebody and completely decimate them, and and I do it in, in full sarcasm. And it, but it's and it's <laughs> like it's it's in the inverse of like a compliment to where like yeah he's saying all of these things, but these are actually good things about the team. Why wouldn't they want to know? Why wouldn't they want these good things about their team to be known? Why? And it goes back to me thinking the idea of whether or not you're a super team doesn't fucking matter. You're a fucking team. Whether like you're. You're you're following the same rules as everybody else. It's not like you're cheating. Like who gives a fuck? Like I, I feel like I feel like pride in sports is very laissez faire, or like it's like a buffet. Like mo- like the pro- your pride in sports is the is like a golden corral because you can get. And Cole was talking about this before we started recording. Like. He's a he's a Dallas Cowboys fan and also happens to be a Dallas Stars fan. But when it and Texas Rangers, and Texas Rangers, Texas Rangers, baby. But yeah, that's 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 what happens growing up in Central or to South fucking Jersey will do to you. <laughs> you look at all your options and you say, well, other than the Yankees, I can literally just gouge my own eye out with a spoon seasonally, year after year, season after season. Matt, you mentioned the Mets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a Mets. <laughs> or I can pretend that I grew up in a completely different region of this great country that apparently some people want to make great again. I don't know how they're going to do that specifically with, with some of the things they talk about, but I always slant on making Matt upset with me. So here we go. <laughs> but, yeah, Cole, so – what was the point Matt was trying to make? Yes, about? I was trying to make a point. Um, thank you, thank you, Cole. Uh, the the Phillies and the Rangers are two teams that, 
in their cities. They have a fierce rivalry in football, but they might play in the World Series, and people aren't possibly going to give as much of a shit. And I feel like that's like what teams you hate and why you hate them are very arbitrary, and I feel like some of those designations in sports are all predicated on that on the idea of false bravado or just feeling like you have to fight the designation of a super team because it it makes what you're you accomplish less than no being able to collect that amount of great people and turn it into something consistent and great how many super teams fall apart because of the weight of talent expectation and ego that happens like the being a super team isn't horrible it's maintaining a super team that is the real work and i feel like you you get so wrapped up in the designation that the reason why you got there being a collection of great players who are looking to do great things you lose sight of that because you get caught up in the fact that you're you're great i said great so many fucking times i want to slap myself in the mouth I, it was I, great, though. I lost the thread of it, like towards the end. I like I had a real point, and then I got fucking caught up, looking looking around. I stare well, up like, and I see the death corner of my fucking desk, where it's, well, just, it's like, like that. prayer cards and a photo of my grandmother, like the real sh- shanty Irish piece of garbage that I am. Ooh, you're you're getting you're getting back into that <laughs> negative mode. But it's like that clip you cut of our first episode. It's, it's you know, we're talking. We, we always talk. And then 30% of the time, you're making a salient point, and I just cut you off to make a terrible joke. So there we go. We're saying words. <laughs> I think we can stop now. Think so? Just stop at the saying words like we just did the last time. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Corey, I get reminded of when I was a child.